Real quick, let me just start off by saying this is Peter Rosenberg, your forever 24-7 champion, host of the Cheap Heat Podcast. And I want to shout out the Will Wonder Podcast. You know what I wonder? What amazing takes will be given today on this show? Will I ever get the nod, the invite to be a guest on this show? Will I ever feel like coming on the show if I get that invite? We don't know. But you're checking out the Will Wonder Podcast. What is up, everybody? Episode 111 coming to you live from a frigid, freezing cold. I think the kids say it's brick outside Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, As I record this, it is 9.30 p.m. on a Tuesday night. And let me give you a little weather report because we enjoy doing that here on the Will Wonder Pod. It's not just sports. It's not just music. It's not just trending topics. We also talk some real weathery stuff. Uh, Right now, 9.30 p.m. on Tuesday, the 31st of January, it is 15 degrees outside. But it feels like 10. So I'm going to be honest. If it's anything under 20... Let's be real. If it's anything under 32, it doesn't matter what it is and what it feels like. It's cold as shit. I'm recording this a little bit later than I usually do because um, I was upstairs working on the podcast. My wife called me, which is weird because she was home and we live in the same house, obviously. So I'm like, is everything okay? She's like, yeah, please come downstairs. Open the door for me. There's a dog out here. I'm like, God damn it. So I go down there and this cute little, I don't know what it was she told me, but now I don't remember, little old dog that's been out there at least all day. It looked awful. It was limping. It smelled terrible. Hair all in its eyes. Um, She brought it in. And (sighs) when I tell you my cat, Andre the Giant, wanted to fuck this dog up it's no exaggeration he was looking at this dog like like 50 cent looking at jaw rule in 03 that's a little uh precursor to the record shop we have coming up a little bit later anyways so my wife you know she orders some stuff from pet smart it gets delivered to the house some dog food some shampoo because if this thing has to stay in our house tonight we can't have it smelling the way it smells Called the shelter. They obviously can't come pick it up until the morning. No caller. Can't find the owner. Doesn't look familiar. We ask our neighbors. Nobody knows whose dog it is. So as I record this, the little cute dog is stationed in our bathroom. Not our bathroom, but kind of the guest bathroom in the house. uh, With a little bed, a puppy pad, some dog food, water. And a towel under the door so my cat doesn't lose his goddamn mind. So anywho, that's what's been going on here today. Um, (laughs) Over the weekend, had the chance to watch the Royal Rumble with my guy Daniel. WWE Royal Rumble for all my wrestling heads. Very fun event. Very excited for what uh, comes after that. I'm not going to bore those who don't like wrestling with the wrestling talk, but I think we're going to have a WrestleMania episode later in the year. So stay tuned for that if you're a wrestling head like myself. Sunday, my wife, my son, my brother, and my niece, and myself went to go see the University of Utah women's basketball team play UCLA. Uh, University of Utah women's basketball currently ranks 7th after beating UCLA on Sunday. Really good game. Came down to the last second layup. 
it was uh, it was a lot of fun. We, we're excited to go to a few more games. We bought a little package that gets us all the home games for the rest of the season. I think there's like four or five more. So we're excited for that. My son enjoys the games. My wife enjoys them. And you all know I'm a Hoops fan. So, so no matter what, I'm down to watch some ball. All right. We're only going to spend a few minutes on NFL talk, the NFC championship, the AFC championship this last weekend. Next week, we're going to have a full Super Bowl preview pod. Hoop, Chacon, and I are going to also go over some of the some of the predictions we made at the beginning of the year, beginning of the season, some that may have been really good and some that were really way off. Spoiler alert, Chacon picked the Colts to win 13 games. <laughs> but we'll get to all of that next week. Conference championships, I mean, what do you say about the Eagles beating the brakes off of the 49ers? Purdy gets hurt very early. Philly just dominates. Running game is out of this world for Philly. I will say the one thing that I still don't know is how healthy Jalen Hurts' shoulder is. Legs look great. You look at this game, and he threw for 121 yards, 15 to 25 passing. Didn't matter, though, obviously. Defense looked amazing for Philly, but on the flip side, Brock Purdy gets hurt. Josh Johnson gets hurt. Damn near the whole second half, San Francisco didn't throw a pass. Christian McCaffrey threw one pass as the emergency quarterback. That shit was wild. <laughs> if you see the replay on that, I don't know where that was going to. But uh, not a lot to talk about in this game. I mean, Philly dominated, and they're going to the Super Bowl. Congratulations to the Eagles. My friends that are Philadelphia Eagles fans, shout out to Rob, shout out to Tom, Steve. I mean, there's so many of you assholes. I don't want to go through all of them, but uh, congratulations, fellas. Now... Let's get to this AFC championship. I don't know if I've ever seen a game as poorly officiated as this was. A high-stakes game. Now, the first half wasn't nearly as bad. The second half was wild. By now, you've all seen what had happened in the game. Uh, Or maybe you haven't. Maybe you watched ESPN and we're looking for some highlights and try to figure out what happened in this game and they didn't touch on any of it which makes me wonder like you know obviously ESPN and the NFL are tied close to the hip they don't want to talk about how bad the referees were in this game and I get that um you don't want to affect you know the money coming in but at the same time this was awful and I couldn't believe it when I was watching it the refs give the chiefs a free third down do over essentially and I know there's people defending this saying, oh, no, the ref was trying to stop it. No whistles whatsoever. He didn't really try to stop it all that much. And Philly run, or excuse me, um, Kansas City runs the play, doesn't get the first down. The refs say, nope, nope, we've got to redo that down because we tried to stop the play because of the clock. The clock wasn't right, and we were trying to fix it, but the play didn't get stopped. And, um, yeah, let's do that again. Okay. Eli Apple, who has the biggest mouth in all of uh, cornerbacks, I would say, uh, that doesn't live up to his mouth. Then on the on the second third down play, yet yeah, try to follow me here, he gets a holding call. Kansas City moves up. They end up punting again, putting the Bengals even further back, allowing this Kansas City D-line who have had their as they say, ears pinned back the whole game to just go, just try to annihilate Joe Burrow. 
Slightly after that, Burrow gets called for intentional grounding. But Samaje P. Ryan was right there. If you watch it over and over, you can see it. A lot of people are like, oh, he wasn't close enough. No, I think he was right there. Cincinnati then punts the ball. There's a missing block in the back. When I was watching it, I was like, Jesus, he just pushed dude in the back and nothing. Nothing there. Okay, well, that's fine. Then we get some obvious holds on the offensive line for Kansas City when Mahomes rolls out. Obvious unnecessary roughness on Osai. I'm not saying that wasn't what should have been called, but there was holding in the backfield as well. And also, if we're going to talk about roughing the passer, unnecessary roughness, about four plays prior to this, when Cincinnati had the ball, Joe Burrow gets hit well after throwing it, nothing. I can understand that uh, referees are humans. They make mistakes. We all saw in the Lakers-Celtics game how much they messed up that game. It goes that way for all the sports. When I was at the University of Utah women's game, there were some awful calls. But this was the conference championship to send one of these two teams to the Super Bowl. A lot of Chiefs fans, shout out to my boy Luis being one of them, told me, oh, they had Cincinnati had other chances to win that game. True. But when you get a stop on third down, thinking you're going to get the ball back, you don't. There's something called momentum in sports. I feel like at that moment, Cincinnati had all the momentum. Then all of a sudden, it gets sucked out of them. Eli Apple with a stupid hold on Valdez Scantling, which, I mean, shout out to Joe Burrow. Essentially had Kelsey and Valdez Scantling and Pacheco. All really good players, but a lot of the receivers for Kansas City got hurt in this game. But again, some of the worst, I would say the worst officiating I've ever seen. And it wasn't even like one of those things where it was just bad on both ends. That whole fourth quarter, every single bad call or missed call benefited the Kansas City Chiefs. A lot of people were saying the NFL's rigged. I don't think they're, that it's rigged. You know, Pat McAfee had a good statement today talking about, I don't think it's rigged, but I think there needs to be something done about part-time officials. And I agree. I also think that at some point, maybe this game needs to be looked at a little closer. I'm just saying. Nobody thought uh, NBA refs would try to fix games. Tim Donahue, we all know that story. I don't want to take away from anything Patrick Mahomes was able to do because he's spectacular, obviously the best quarterback in the NFL. Threw for 326 yards, two touchdowns on a messed up ankle, and again, missing a lot of guys. But it just doesn't sit right. It doesn't feel right. I don't know. Nevertheless, we get the Kansas City Chiefs against the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl, which we will cover Next week, Hoop, Chacon, and myself. Coming up, we have some NBA talk with my guy Sabah. Yeah, that's right. Sebastian, the special correspondent, is back to talk some NBA. We talk all-star starters, LeBron and the Lakers, MVP ladder, some trades, number of other things. So make sure you stay tuned for that. After that, we have a very special record shop as we are celebrating hip-hop's 50th birthday this year. In this record shop, we're celebrating the 20th anniversary of 50 Cent's Get Richard I Tryin'. 
which will be February 6th. That's crazy and makes me feel old. But I'm 37. Again, beginning of the podcast, I was talking about the fucking weather. Hey, Alexa. Can you show me a new barber? Don't worry, I got you. Boogie Down Barbershop in Taylorsville is now open. Anything from gentleman's cuts, taper, fade, or if you want to treat yourself to a nice hot towel shave, Boogie Down Barbershop has you covered. Cuts for men and kids. Book your appointment today at boogiedownbarbershop.com. All right, now that we're in that weird week between conference championships and mm-hmm. Super Bowl in the NFL. We got a two-week time period. Nobody gives a damn about the Pro Bowl. The Pro I thought it'd be perfect timing, perfect timing to start ramping up this NBA talk back. We're over 60% through the season. We have trade deadline. Uh, by the time this podcast comes out, eight days away, we have All-Star Weekend coming up here in beautiful, frigid Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, it's been way too cold. Um, so I thought I'd bring my guy Seba on. Seba hasn't been on in two months. I went and looked back. So Seba, the special correspondent, as, uh, he was once called still is really, you know, he's just out here doing other freelance work for other, um, Companies and such rough out here, so you know, (laughs) uh, but Saba, how you been, man? Good, man, can't complain. And uh, so that on that front, it's been good, yeah. Uh, one month already down, the year goes by so fast, man. It does. (laughs) I know before we know it, we'll be you know talking NBA championship and we'll be talking talking next season. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. But I appreciate you having me again. You know, it's always a treat, always a pleasure when I get a chance to to come and join the pod. So, oh, for sure, for sure. Thank you for taking some time. Uh, Before we get into NBA talk, Sebastian, as you know, we're celebrating hip hop turning fifty this year, August eleventh. Fifty years old, seventy three. Yep. And um, so I wanted to ask you two questions. Number one, what does hip hop mean to you? Number two, maybe give me a an album, a hip hop album that you think everyone should listen to. Oh, those are some good questions. The first one, that's that's loaded. We could go on forever. But being <laughs> that uh, I, I listen to a lot of hip hop, both in English and Spanish. Me personally, I listen to tons. Hip hop to me is a is life. It's just a way of life. It is mm-hmm. expression. Um, it's, it's just a whole bunch of feelings from happiness to sadness, to anger, like anything, like I could relate to all types of different, um, hip hop. So to me, it's just generally life is just, uh, it's culture. It's a part right. of my reality, bunch of, bunch of hip hop. So, um, it's just one of my favorite genres. So. Perfect. And then give me, give me an album that everyone should hear. Um, man, there's so many good ones, obviously, but. One that I was actually thinking the other day, I can't believe that it's almost going to be 10 years old. Next year is uh, Forest Hills Drive, J. Cole. Oh, yeah. I love that album. Uh, Yeah, it's 2014. So I I can't believe it's almost been a decade since I know. So, but yeah, that's that's one that I'd recommend people. Obviously, there's tons, but it's an album that I really enjoy. So there you go. Yeah, that's a good one. And, and, you know, uh, so far on the podcast, we spent a lot of time on older projects and on this episode we do the 20th hold on the 20th anniversary seba of uh 50 cents get rich or die Trail. wow <laughs> and like you said you know what i'm talking about you talk about time flies like you're talking about forest hills drive and now you hear 20th <laughs> of get rich or die trying it's just like 
are we getting oh, old or is time going fast? Yeah, that, that man, I felt like hip hop changed on that uh, Get Rich or Die trend. Like it was a it was a time in hip hop per se. Right. Twenty years, yeah, that's nuts. <laughs> no doubt. All right, well, thank you for that. Let's get into some NBA talk. Since last week we had uh, some all stars announced, well, all star starters announced at least. Uh, for the East, you got Giannis, who is the uh-huh. captain. Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, and Kyrie Irving. We looked at the West. LeBron James, of course, captain. Uh, Nikola Jokic, Zion Williamson, Steph Curry, and Luka Doncic. So, my question to you, Sebastian, we'll start with the East. Do you have a problem with any of these guys being a starter? Or do you think, with, on that same note, should someone else have been a starter instead of one of these guys? So... And it's funny because I pretty much this is this is going to be hilarious because I literally voted all these people in myself. Like <laughs> okay. I went to NBA, but I knew some of these didn't deserve to start. Yeah. That, uh, well, that's 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 harsh. So if, if they're listening, I'm not saying you didn't deserve. There were some other ones that I felt like were really deserved. So on, the, so on the on the East, um, I knew he was probably not going to get the start because of the fans and everything. But I, I thought Jalen Brown was having a hell of a beginning of a year. Right. So I saw him on one of the guards. Um, but I was like, he Donovan for sure was getting in in my mind. Yeah. And Kyrie, obviously, talent alone, he can get in. But I really thought that Jalen Brown had a hell of a start of a season. Um, so I wouldn't have been mad if he would have gotten the start over one of the guards. But mm-hmm. obviously, between because what is it? The fan vote 50%. You got media and players, right? The other 25. Yeah. 25 and 25. So I think that's fine. I I personally wasn't shocked that Embiid didn't get in because those were actually my three front court guys. But I yeah. think see why people would, would be upset that he did it because he's having a hell of a year um right now. But but I really wanted Tatum to get in. Um I don't think you could obviously with a whole Durant. We'll see if he ends up playing. And Giannis is obviously always doing his thing. So yeah, it's tough. This would I mean with minus Kyrie, because uh, I actually had Jalen Brown there, that that was my starting lineup. Yeah, me too. So. And it was tough to, like you said, to not have Embiid in there. And if it pro- if I would have voted, you know, the latest round of voting, like I, I only did one vote. I know you can do a ton of different votes, right? Yeah. A number of times, but I only did it once. But I, if it would have been two weeks ago or three weeks ago prior to them announcing this, I probably would have had Embiid over Durant simply due to the injury. Yeah, yeah, but um, but yeah, I mean, you you look at um, <laughs> the fan vote, and for the guards, Kyrie was number one, Donovan was two, Jalen was three, James Harden, Trey Young, all these names, you know, for the most part, make sense. Uh, Demar Derozan at six, seven, Lamelo Ball, eight, Tyrese Halliburton, nine was was one that really jumped out to me, and that was Derrick Rose. <laughs> yeah, he always gets the love, um, yep. obviously, but. And then on the front, or uh, excuse me, the, yeah, the front court, Giannis, Durant, Tatum, Joel Embiid, Jimmy Butler. So those were the top five. My yeah. guy Paolo slipping in there at number eight. Kyle Kuzma at seven. Shout out to Kuz. Yeah. Shout out to Kuz. I love Kuz, so, but yeah. He's hooping. He's hooping. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's move to the West. Obviously, I named those guys LeBron, yep. Jokic, Williamson, Steph, and Luka. Anything you would have done different there? So... Just for the simple fact of Zion missing so many games, um, mm. that's the one that kind of caught like caught my eye. I still thought he'd probably be an all-star. Yeah. Um, 
I really think Sabonis has been doing his thing. And obviously, I don't think he gets as much love being in uh, in Sacramento in a smaller market. For I'm sure. Not, not obviously, at Zion being in there, but I thought maybe um, Sabonis, Sabonis would have got in. But uh, as far obviously, LeBron has had a hell of a season. Um, Joker, he might be up for a third MVP, which is nuts. This, this, yeah. dude, this dude can play. Yeah, we'll and, get to that. I, that. He's been yeah, insane. That's insane. <laughs> and then obviously, uh, Steph and Luca, I knew off just popularity and the actual talent that they have, they were going to make it. I did for a moment think maybe Ja would get it. But then mm-hmm. when you look at like, who you're going to take off, like you're not going to take off Luca or Curry. Right. So I, I think everything there is right. But I wouldn't have been bad if Sabonis got, got it. Um, but I wouldn't, but I'm, but I believe that Sabonis will get in for sure on the reserve side. So we'll see. Yeah, I think he will too. My um, voting was very similar to this. I had actually voted for SGA when I initially voted nice. over, over Curry. And simply, I knew Curry was getting in, obviously. But Throw Curry was also hurt, hurt at the time that I had voted. So I had SGA, Luka, Zion, Jokic, and LeBron. But, um, I want to break down some of this fan vote for the guards. So Steph, number one, Luca, number two, John, number three, SGA, number four, Clay Thompson, Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard, number eight, Austin Reeves. <laughs> Fans are fucking crazy. Uh, then Devin, Book- yeah, Devin Booker and De'Aaron Fox. The front court, you had LeBron, Jokic, Anthony Davis, Zion, Andrew Wiggins, Paul George, Laurie Markinen, Draymond Green, Kevon Looney, and DeMontis Sabonis. Wow. Kevon no disrespect Looney. to Kevon, but he shouldn't be above Sabonis. Uh, Sabonis, no. Yeah. But obviously, something uh there's a couple of things that are interesting there to call out. Well, well, first and foremost, LeBron is like leads the vote every single time. That's yeah. To me, obviously being a Braun fan, I'm like, for as much hate as he gets, obviously he's got a lot of supporters too. I'm one of them. <laughs> for real. So he is he's always that. The I was surprised just because you hear all these narratives about Westbrook, but a lot of fans like Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Um, I I, per, I personally like him, but obviously he gets a lot. And then Anthony Davis, that's where to me was a little tough. Like I personally love AD, but both him and Zion have missed games, so it would have been like the same thing either or if they would have right. taken out the other one. It's just what it is. But who did you say you had instead of Zion? I'm sorry, uh, Sabonis. Sabonis. Like I, that's right. That's I, right. I, I knew probably Sabonis was going to get him. Popularity wise, but I was like, if there's a year he could get in um, as a starter, like you know, he's he's been doing his thing. So yeah, him, Larry Markinen could have been, oh. you know, solid starters for All Star. Um, I mean, Wiggins got in last year, but I wouldn't expect him again this year. He's yeah, he he hasn't um, risen too much from from his play last year. Draymond is kind of interesting. Uh, Paul George, you know, just the thing yeah. that drives me nuts about the Clippers is like those guys not playing back to backs, which yeah, I know a lot of guys don't. But it's like, yeah, it's tough, yeah. man. It's it's hard, and, and hopefully, oh, yeah. that's a strategy that works for them in the playoffs. Sure, and sure. they're just rested up because I fucking picked them to win the or to go to the to the uh, finals before the, the finals? season started. You know, and it's like, uh, ugh, what do you? You doing? know, I I think about the Clippers that it. Obviously, all like a bunch of athletes and analysts say, you know, you could kind of turn it on, but you'd have to be there before. They yeah. obviously haven't been as a collective. Obviously, uh, Kawhi's won a championship. But in my mind, I keep thinking, I'm like, what if they really get it together? 
win the championship, <laughs> then it's going to shit all over the league because all this, like, having to have this chemistry and everything till the end of the right. playoff start. But I don't see it happening until they could, you know, maybe get 20 games under their belts where they're actually, like, playing every single night. But but we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. I, um, I want to do this, man. Speaking of L.A., speak, you know, we talked about LeBron. Let's get to LeBron and the Lakers. I know you're a big Bron fan. Um, they are currently, as we are speaking right now, 13th, yeah, 13th in the West, um, you know, Saturday against the Celtics, a a bad missed call going into overtime when Tatum fouled LeBron going in for that layup. Lakers end up losing that game 125 to 121 in OT. It's kind of, you know, been talked about a ton, how bad those refs were, but before we get to some of the things we want to talk about with the Lakers, can we just for a half a second talk about LeBron's reaction to the non-call? And I don't know if you've ever seen Boys in the Hood. Yeah, it, was- <laughs> it reminded me of when Cuba Gooding Jr.'s uh, character went to visit his girlfriend after the cops had messed with him and, his, and, and Ricky. Yeah. And he was swinging at the air. <laughs> It's not it's not something to make fun of in that film, but me and my friends do it a lot when we're pretending to be upset. Um, it reminded me of a mixture of that and then like someone on Maury Povich when they find out that they're not the father. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just like a lot of extra shit. And people have made fun of it, but I was like, bro, what are you, are you what is happening right now? So you don't have to make fun of your boy. You know what I mean? It was it was intense. It was very I mean, funny. I get it. Obviously. <laughs> Being obviously being his supporter, uh, LeBron James supporter or fan, it doesn't make me like blind to the fact that it does look a little crazy. Now, I, <laughs> I wasn't in the moment. Obviously, I'm not the one getting the, the, the call blown. What I did feel, obviously, it was a foul. Everybody now says it's a foul. Refs even said it's a foul. I always think that the, the issue with that is it's not obviously showing the emotion, but to the point that you show it, I feel like that obviously lingered into the overtime. Yeah, it really affects how how you're gonna play the game. But yes, in in retrospect, you look at it; it looks hilarious. It looks just crazy. Obviously, he he dropped down to the ground the same way he did when he won the championship in Cleveland. So <laughs> like, damn. But in that moment, obviously, you're pissed. It is what it is. Yeah, you're just, you're just a human showing um, emotion. But it was uh, it was nuts. Obviously, him doing that. Then Pat Bev coming over with the camera. <laughs> well, yeah, you talked about it bleeding into the neck into overtime. Like they got a technical from the jump, you know. <laughs> that was just wild, but yeah, that was that was insane, man. Yeah. So uh, let's see. We'll, we'll stay on LeBron for a moment, then we'll talk about the Lakers themselves. But yep. LeBron's 116 points away from passing Kareem as all-time scoring leader. I think he's playing as we record this tonight against your. Knicks and and so so MSG. He could realistically get this uh, before the All Star break, right? If he plays every game, let's see. They've got tonight, and then pre All Star, they have one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh yeah, Yeah. seven games. So he could take the scoring leader all time. Most likely, he'll he'll do it before the All Star break because. And I think you know six seven games he'd had he'd be averaging less than twenty. I mean he keeps it going. Let's say those seven he plays five of those. Yeah, yeah. Getting I, the, I would like for him to break it in L.A. That'd be dope. Yeah, yeah. You would hope 
He, uh, let's see, he is averaging 30 right now. Is that right? Pretty much like, was it like 29.8 last time I saw 30.2. He's at 30.2, eight and a half boards. Yeah. Solid, uh, solid year for a 38 year old, you know, 20 years in the league, 7.1 assists, steal, nearly a block a game. That's Um, not fucking crazy. So with all that said, what do you think the Lakers need to do, man? They're 13th in the West. And as you know, 13th doesn't even make the play in games. Right. So, and they're not too far, right? You got the jazz there at 10th. They oh, yeah. Lakers are two games, two and a half Listen, games behind them. Obviously, yeah, obviously being realistic or or even before we get realistic, let's just say that <laughs> there is um which I don't think that's gonna happen. Obviously, it is Lakers in the 13th spot to the fourth spot. You're looking at like what is that, eleven and a half to the Clippers are set, uh, so they're about five games behind the Clippers. About five games behind that could literally be in the fourth. But but okay, let's not say that because people keep saying that, and that would mean that the Lakers would have to go on this, you know, winning streak. But then yeah. a bunch of people would have to lose as well, right? For, for that to happen, I do believe that they could definitely climb into the play-in because obviously you're not you're not that far away. Maybe to get to the six, that'd be great. Me as a fan being like, okay, cool, you could get into the six, but so hard. I think they could get in the plan. I think the biggest thing that they need to do, um, and obviously I would love a shooter on the team. Cool. Like we, you know, for LeBron to have an, another, um, or actually like a dependable shooter. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to say another, but like an actual dependable Yeah, an shooter. actual dependable, like he's known to shoot. Like one of those would be great. If we can get one of those, cool, awesome. But But beyond that, honestly, I think they need to string a couple wins, like, just in a row. I know they, what this season, I think they had maybe one, like three or fourth uh, game winning streak, but really with Anthony Davis, LeBron, I, I do like Russ now coming off the bench. I think that's, I think that whole narrative kind of changed because obviously him starting wasn't the thing. And now oh, yeah. it's not that he's, um, you know, a knockdown shooter, but I think he plays his role the way he needs to play it. He bring you know, he gives the team energy, but if they could string some good, some good wins, let's say, and I, and I hate to say it because now I'm when I say it out loud, I'm like, shut up, Sebastian. Like, this ain't real. It's not going to happen. It's like, okay, the next 25 games, it, like, I'm like, yeah, go 20 and five. Okay, that's not going to happen, probably. Yeah. I'm like, uh, I was like, you. The, the remaining games, even if you were to go, like, 50%, I'm like, damn, like, where does that really even lead? It might, yeah, it might not get them there. You know? So that's what I keep thinking. But just keep building some consistency. Obviously, uh, Anthony Davis stay on the floor. Obviously the first game he came back, he rolled his ankle. Like that shit is horrible every time Yeah, that happens. But, uh, let's get LeBron a shooter before the, before the, um, trade deadline. It doesn't have to be this whole big thing with, with Westbrook training him and doing that. But if we can get a shooter, just, just one dependable shooter, man. Let's like you look at this three point percentages, right? And, I'm going to throw oh. out the top two for the Lakers. So they have a guy shooting 44.7%, which is Thomas Bryant, who Good shoots job. about one three okay. a game, it says, right? That's obviously one of their one of their bigs. Max Christie is at 41%, but he's shooting one and a half per game. So yeah, someone who's shooting more than three a game is Lonnie Walker, and he's at 38%. That's the best outside shooter. Yeah, that you have. And that, you know what I mean? It's no no bueno. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough because, and shout out to obviously, um, 
was Bryant. Like he's kind of like low key on, on, under radar. Like he's done well when when AD was out. You know, he gets some boards. He plays with like he hustles and stuff like that. But he can't be the guy that's just shooting you threes. Yeah, and, and neither can Christie. He's like a young player. Um, yeah, he's getting fourteen minutes a game. Christie is. Yeah, you know, so you, so. so you can't. But we'll we'll see what happens. Obviously, I don't count LeBron James until he's out. Out. <laughs> yeah. You know, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with the Lakers. But definitely, if you could get a shooter and um, string a couple games together, get some wins. But we'd still have to hope that some other teams would lose. So. Hmm. Yeah, I. I you know, there's a lot of guys who are out there in trade talks, and we're going to get to some potential trades in a little bit. But yeah, they definitely need some shooters because <laughs> they just don't have them. Um, uh, let's move on to the next topic I wanted to talk to you about. Some teams that have impressed you or players that have impressed you. Any Anything that sticks out thus far? Again, we're, you know, almost to the trade deadline, almost to the all-star break. Yeah. But who, who, have, who surprised you? Well, a couple of things overall, like first, even before a player, good or bad, I'm kind of shocked how close this race is with everybody in the West. Yeah. Like, to be honest, from like, what is it? Four to 13, basically. It's, it's, it's pretty close. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, usually I feel like by this time, there's been some more division, like some more separation between, right. between teams. But let's see, teams and um, or players, sh- kind of surprising to me. Even though I know he was good, but I don't think he was as good as SGA. You brought him up earlier with Oklahoma. Oh man, the Thunder, incredible. Allen, just yeah, I'm like, man, this guy's really good. Um, but on the flip side, a couple of the things that have kind of caught my eye too were Golden State's kind of right now they're creeping, they're doing their thing. But I was shocked at the beginning of the season how you know poorly they started. Mm-hmm. They've been able to um, these last few games kind of you know string some wins or or look more like themselves. Phoenix has kind of shocked me. I'm not going to lie, but in like the negative way. Yeah. I thought they were still going to be like the, at the very top. Um, they've been hovering for a long time around seven and eight, just kind of going back and forth. I know obviously Devin Booker has been injured and stuff like that, but still I thought that team was going to um, be a little bit further up there, but other players that have been sh- shocked me. I don't know if it's like shocking, but I feel like, now, um, like De'Aaron Fox is getting a lot more love or more people right. to his game. So he's really one that I'm presently surprised in the sense I'm like, okay, cool. He's doing his thing. Maybe he'll be an all-star. We'll, um, we'll see what happens with that. Um, I, I think, think with Fox, I think you kind of have, he, he kind of has to be an all-star. Like they're sitting you, at three. So yeah, he's the best. Pl- yeah. The Kings are at three, which nobody ever would have thought he's no sitting, uh, 20, he's our leading scorer. Second in assists behind uh, Sabonis, which is nuts. <laughs> um, four rebounds per game, a steal per game, and like you said, they're just. I I never I never thought. I mean, everything comes full circle at some point, but it felt like the Sacramento Kings were just always going to be a bad team. Always going to be bad, but they're really turning it around out there. The coaching staff and obviously getting these players to believe and stuff, right. Uh, but t- tons of little, I guess, tons of little um, things like that. Just players that I'm like, wow, these guys are pretty good. They might not be in the best situation. I personally like. Um, I always thought he'd be good, but I wish they were the team overall was better. Is uh, Ant Man? So, oh um, yeah, in Minnesota, um, yeah. which I almost feel like it should be his team now, not Carl Anthony Towns. 
Yeah, me too. I think they're they're going to have something inter- they're going to have an interesting predicament I think in this off season. Oh, for sure. With Gobert how much he's getting towns, you know, trying to figure out it should be Edwards team, you know. So it's going to be they definitely aren't living up to what they wanted to with that trade, letting go of all those assets and picks and all and all of that. And they're ninth in the West right now. They could easily fall out, right? Like if the Lakers oh, yeah. step it up, if Portland steps it up, it uh, it'll be interesting to see. I, I, you know, you touched on Fox, but the Kings have been the biggest surprise to me. Like I said, just never thinking that they were going to be good ever again. Because what it's been like, <clears throat> damn near since Get Rich or Die Tr- Trying came out the last time these guys were relevant, yeah, right? Nice. Yep. <laughs> About twenty years almost. Basically, um, since Weber and them hung it up out there. Exactly. Exactly. One team that I'm super disappointed with thus far outside of my own Orlando Magic is the Toronto Raptors, who yep. right now they're 12th in the East. And yeah, they're somewhat close to the plan. But to me, they've always been like a solid team. And I feel like they have a I feel like they have a lot of talented young guys and players, but something's off. I don't know if it's Having too many similar players, like with Siakam, OG, and Barnes, they're all similar in body type. I think Barnes is more versatile in what he can do, um, but they're all they all kind of play that same position. And I don't know. I don't know if they need to trade OG. There's been a lot of rumors around him being moved, yep. but they would be a letdown for me. Um, but I I agree with you on the SGA tip. Like just just hooping and and. For them, I wonder what they do. I wonder what OKC does with him. Like you can't trade him, right? But no. he's in the he's this is his best year so far. And not to say he can't do it again next year, because he's pretty young. He's what, 24, 25 years old. Yeah, about yeah. Yeah. But I mean, they need to start winning. They they have all these picks, they have all this stuff, you know, yeah, sure. Home. Coming back next year, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm and Giddy, Giddy is such a fun player to watch. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with them. But would be interesting if they could creep into the playoffs too. But then again, I don't know who falls out. Uh, recently, the team I've been most disappointed in is is last time you were on this show, we made some surprise uh, a surprise pick for the finals. I threw in the Pelicans. At that time, they were they were fighting for the two, number two and number one seed. Mm-hmm. Since then, they've just fallen. They're in the eight. They're one and nine in their last uh, ten. They've lost eight in a row. And you know, you talked about Zion being injured, and obviously Ingram's been injured. But yeah, I hate, yeah, I hate that happening because I felt like they looked like a really good team. Looked like they had everything that they needed, and then on top of that, they have CJ. I really like CJ, and I was oh even, yeah, oh maybe he can make an All Star game, but losing and obviously he wasn't having like as good as years maybe as he's had back in Portland. But I was like, oh maybe if this team gets some good wins, he's up there. He gets his scoring up. We'll see what happens, but yeah, they've dropped tremendously. Yeah, I hope they can turn it around in the second half. I hope. I mean, the biggest thing with them is health. Like, yeah, you get Ingram and Zion healthy, that they're they're very scary. But <clears throat> the problem is they just haven't been healthy. And when one's healthy, the other one's not. So that's true. It's been tough. Um, let's. I guess well, I want to touch on one more team that I'm disappointed in. And that's the Houston Rockets. Now, I didn't have big expectations for them by any means, but I didn't think they'd be the last place team in not just the West, but the entire NBA. Yeah. 
<laughs> I would have thought Jalen Green could get them some wins, but maybe he's not the guy that you know yeah. we kind of think he is. Kevin Porter Jr. is just okay. Sangoon might be their best guy. Yeah, and it's crazy because they got what was his uh the rookie they drafted Jabari, yeah. Jabari, Jabari Smith. Um, and I, I like to I I tend to say, and I said this when he was drafted, and I even said it on uh Twitter and the Houston Rockets hive, I don't know what you call them, right? On Twitter, they came uh, at my neck because I said Jabari's gonna have the same exact problem he had in college. His guards aren't gonna pass him the ball. And you would have thought he was playing with fucking John Stockton the way that they were talking about Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green being unselfish. (laughs) I'm like, get out of here. That's nuts. Right now, Jabari Smith Jr. is averaging 11.9 points, seven boards, one assist, one block. It's tough because, well, you you look at Houston, the thing that happens with them, it's like, okay, cool. Like James Harden left, that era was, you know has left they go to basically the bottom they got all these young guys problem is if you're the front office you're trying to trying to analyze what talent you actually have on the floor yeah and and just like any team in the nba you could have a guy that average you know could get you 20 doesn't mean that he's going to be like this great great player you could get 16 to 20 points Mm -hmm. might have you know that might be a jalen that you know might be porter whatever but it's like okay are these the guys that you want to build with moving into the future and then you bring in um, what was he, the number two pick, uh, Smith? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then you come into a situation where, yeah, your team's losing, but you have, like, no real vets or this culture that's like, hey, we're either going to turn this around or this is what you can learn from. He's basically just learning, like, a losing type of culture, I guess. So it's just it's an interesting situation. Obviously, I'm sure you've seen those videos from John Wall talking about Houston. Yeah, um, going going wild on them, but yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with that team because yeah, they have young talent, but at the same time, it's like, what's it going to be in in a few years? Right. And and I, and I misspoke there. Jabari was the third pick. I, I forget, you know, Chet being injured. Oh totally yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. Chet was second, Paolo one, and Jabari three. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Paolo at the moment just running away with the rookie of the oh, year. Oh, easily, easily, yeah. A lot of these jazz fans trying to get in my ear talk about Walker Kessler. Like you got to calm down, guys. Okay. That, yeah. He's had a couple of really yeah. good games. Okay. I'm not gonna like, string a whole season. I really I like him though. Like, I do yes, too. But there, he's yeah he's not Paolo. Like yeah. And and how how about he's he a total package wise might be better than Rudy Gobert right now at this moment. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. I've I've seen so I've been I've been to a couple games this season and seen him in person. I'm like you know what like. He's like a surprising good pick that the Jazz got. Like, you know, it's just yeah. like what we're, that we're, we're able to get. So, yeah, like, I mean, through that, that trade, really, like, what? That's yeah. insane. Yeah. Again, Minnesota just got to be pissed. Um, <clears throat> let's move on to the MVP ladder, right? I got five here, obviously, top five. Um, do you want to go first? Do you want me to give you mine and then we can kind of talk about it? What would you like to do here? Um, it's your show. So you, you pick. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you mine. I'll give you my top five. Go ahead. So Go from five to one. Five to one. Number five, I got Luca. Ooh, same here. The reason I have Luca at five and not higher is just, and it, this is no fault of his, and he he probably is the most valuable player because if you take him off this team Garbage. and put in any mediocre guard, this team's probably right there with Houston. But with that said, Dallas is sixth in the West. Luca's averaging 33 points a game, 8.9 boards, 8.4 assists. And, you know, 
as much as I don't like, I don't, and I don't, I don't want to say don't, mo, mo, as much as I don't enjoy watching Maverick, the Mavericks on TV, because to me, it's like Houston Rockets, James Harden era 2.0, yeah. just with slightly less talented players around him, you know? Um, he's still amazing, obviously. Gotta go so, the yeah, yeah, Christian Wood can't, uh, can't be the second best guy on your team. So I have him at five. At four, I got Giannis. Um, okay. All right. We're on, we're on par so far. I wonder if the, okay, we'll, we'll get in the top three here in a second. Milwaukee second in the East, 31 points per game, 12 rebounds. Mm-hmm. I think you, every year that Giannis is playing and plays more than like 70% of the games, you can just chalk him in for like top five MVP. Yeah. And we'll get, and obviously the meat and everybody, he, he's going to have the same thing that all great players have. It's like, he's just doing his thing. So you won't think about him much besides when it's playoff time. So yeah. I'm sure he might win some more MVPs, but you know, it's just like Giannis is at the office is doing what he does. So Yeah. And it's crazy. It's like overlooked yeah. <laughs> at this point. He had 50 like right last night or the night before. Like, yeah, yeah. Like two nights before. Yeah. Like, yeah, whatever. <sighs> Incredible. That's Giannis. Uh number three, I got Tatum. So Same Boston's here. first in the East. He's at 31.1. Eight uh, points per game, eight point seven boards, four and a half assists. Uh, I love Tatum and how much he stepped up, especially since losing last year. Right? Uh, I think though, and this is kind of a shitty thing to say, he may not be the most valuable player in the league because if you take him off the team, yes, you still have Jalen Brown. You have a great team around mm-hmm. him, but he's amazing. Like that's no, no taking nothing away from him. Honestly, when he came in, I knew he was going to be good. Obviously, coming out of Duke and stuff, yeah, he could ball. I I didn't know he was going to be obviously to this level where I'm not going to say he's at that part, but he's like that kind of like school of kind of like a Kobe type player, maybe yeah. like the Mamba mentality per se. All the way, who knows? Uh, but I'm just like, wow, this guy's really good, like really good wing player, elite, elite wing player. He's not a yeah. good elite wing player, so. Absolutely. And he blocked LeBron the other night. Like how many people do that, you know, (laughs) and he's only 24 years old. Yeah. He's still got time. That's the other thing. That's what's wild about a lot of these dudes. Like, like, especially with him, because he was a one and done at Duke and you're like, God, he's got to be 27 ish. And you look, you're like, nope, nope. He's not even reached his, you know, max potential yet. Yeah. What they say, your prime, right? Like late twenties. I mean, I, you know, for me, I was like 31 in my prime. And then, you know, I just, I haven't stopped. You know there what I'm saying? Go. I'm still there. LeBron Six years height. into my prime. There you go. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, so far, we got all three together. If we got uh, the second one, then I know for sure we're going to have the first one again. Yeah. Okay. Number two, I got Joel Embiid. Same here. Ah, okay. We got the same top five. Damn it. Okay. That's fine. Uh, Sixers, third in the East, 33 points per game from him, 33.4 to be specific, 9.8 boards, 4.1 assists. Uh, I think the only thing keeping him from being number one for me is the fact that Nikola Jokic is in the league. <laughs> yeah. He- and it's just like, uh, I don't know if we take for granted how uh, similar to Giannis, like we just expect Jokic to play a certain way, but Jokic can affect the game on the offensive end anyways. And he stepped up his defense a little bit, not to say he's a good defensive player by any means, but he's like serviceable. But on the offensive end, one night he could score 40 points, you know, high 30s or whatever. The next night, he might not even shoot. He's just getting everyone else involved, might have 15, 18 assists. 
and the offense essentially going through him in a different way than it does with Embiid. He's a facilitator. Like, I don't know if there's anyone. We've never seen a big guy like that. You know, maybe a lot of people talking about Wembenyama coming in the league, maybe five, six, seven years into his career, maybe that's how he is. I don't know. But Jokic just has to be number one, and I got him beat at number two. Same, same here. To me, it's just um, obviously, yeah. And beat is really good. Like at the end of the day, he's yeah, he's amazing. And yes, if if Nikola was not in the league, then it's like he'd be the one. Obviously, he made a huge statement the other night because what what did he end up dropping? Like forty something, fifty points, right? And then he gave the um, DX suck it, which you know always is awesome time. in my book. <laughs> yeah, so it's 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 always good. But uh, <laughs> but Jokic, man, it's just. It's nuts. He's gonna be he's gonna be like the first um triple like back to back to back MVP since like Larry Bird. It's isn't it crazy? In the 80s. And, and, and you have nuts. all these other guys that we just talked about who are amazing. Who are amazing. And they've obviously it's like obviously I felt like obviously Michael could have gotten it. Um LeBron, mm-hmm. I feel like there was fatigue that even yeah. though Derrick Rose deserved it in 2011, or he was good enough, I've, I really felt he was going to get it that year. But it's almost like undeniable that you can't give it to Jokic. Like, he's just so damn good. <laughs> yeah. It be almost like, damn. What I love, obviously, great game. A big that can pass is dope. It's it's a hell of a steal. He's a second-round pick. Yeah. Like, that is nuts. As a three-time, or at least right now, two-time MVP, potentially a a three-time MVP back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. That's mm-hmm. just... Way to go! Way to go for Denver. Shit. Yeah, that's. Um, <laughs> I think they got to pick up Melo. Uh, they got to pick up Melo. Uh, just, just sign him, have him on the bench, just to score, so they can win a championship with. Uh, I mean, Go- you might as well give him ten minutes a game. Like if he'll take it to just come in and just do his Dude. thing. You know what I mean? They win a championship, full circle moment. We're all yeah, retire that jersey. Might as well. Shout out! To, shout out to Denver. To uh, actually have a question for you, I don't know how much yeah. time we have. Just no, you're good. Go uh, ahead. Because I know we were talking about all stars, we're talking about MVPs, and obviously you're probably going to discuss this later. But I need to know because this always gets hard. As much as I love who's going to start the All Star game, I love thinking about the reserves. Yeah, like who's really going to get in? Could you quickly tell me who you have on your East or West? You could elaborate if you want, but if not, you can go quick. Like, because there's some of these teams like here, like. Like Denver, I think I think they're good enough that they deserve a second All Star. Um, I do but, too. I, I think the problem with Denver is um, they're not sexy enough. But yeah, we get well, it. well that. But no, the, the the injuries throughout the year, and then oh yeah, that's that's the biggest thing. I think um, this is the thing. I you know, it's to me what's interesting about Denver is that obviously they're number one still right in the West. They're number one. Mm-hmm. And you got Jokic being MVP caliber. I always want to say like their number two is Jamal Murray, but obviously he's coming off injury this year. Gordon, yeah. Aaron Gordon's been playing very well. He has mm-hmm. very, very well. But in my mind, I'm like, is he the second best player on an All Star? I mean, on a championship level team? Like that's where I'm like, oh. even though he's really, really good, like I don't want to disrespect yeah. him. But I think the thing with I think the thing with Denver is they're collectively got- good. Yeah, you have got like if Murray's playing to eighty percent of what he was two years ago, you have Michael Porter Jr., who's good, right? 
Aaron Gordon, who, like you said, is playing the best basketball he's ever played, I think. And I had to watch his ass for a long time (laughs) in Orlando. Um, I think if you got three, like, like, for example, we look at the Jazz, right? And Laurie Markkinen will get in. But we look at the Jazz and how well they have played over expectations, and it's because they have so many good number three guys, right? And maybe two number twos. Uh, One number two for sure in Laurie. But I I think Denver, you have Jokic, who's all-world, MVP, all-pro, all this. And then you've got a solid group of you got three guys that are really good number three, maybe like number two guys. I don't think you have, I don't think if you put any of these guys on another team, they would be all stars or, you know, so I don't think. Yeah, me getting, and that's, and that's where I'm sitting as well. I'm sure if they don't get a second and uh second all-star guy, obviously they're going to complain about it, but I'm with you. I, I feel the same way. I was just saying, yeah. if there was someone, they'd probably be Gordon. But yeah, but that's who, who do you go? Go West first. Who do you feel like would be reserves on the West? Yeah, West. I, I think you have to have Paul. Jo- well, Laurie Markin in number one, right? So Laurie um, Sabonis. Both of those guys need to be reserves. Um, I think after that, you probably talk like Paul George. I guess these. My bad. I guess the easiest way to do it, talk about it is like they say they they end up getting two, and I don't know if that's the way they have to vote in, but usually they end up getting like. Another two guards and another three front court players and two wild card people. So you, you yeah, know what they do. Yeah, so you got Laurie, you've got uh, Sabonis. Sabonis. <sighs> I don't know where they put Paul George in in the voting. Was he a front? I think he was forward. front court. So okay, Paul yeah. George. So there's three front court, two more guards. It has to be Jaw and SGA for the West. Two wild cards. You'd probably. Would you throw in? I mean, I think Dame right now. I think Dame. Dame's playing out of this world. And then one more front court guy. Or wild card, just whoever at this point. Oh, I know okay. some people have spoken about Devin Booker, but I feel like he's missed. He's missed like a lot. I would, I would put De'Aaron Fox then. Why not? Get two That's kings on now. the All-Star. Th- that, that may never happen again. <laughs> Larry Markin, Sabonis. PG, Ja, SGA, Damon, Fox. That's some guard heavy. Yeah. Uh, no, not really. It's it's what it is. But yeah. now, I'm always interested in like when a player misses, like he can't make the game and they bring somebody else in. Yeah. Wondering who would that be on the cusp. But who do you have uh, East-wise then? East, I'd probably lean on, well, obviously Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's your number one uh, on the bench. So- um. I would Brown. say, what's that? Brown. I'd put Brown, but. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, no, I think you got to have Embiid over James. Uh, Embiid and Brown are both there. So you got one front oh, yeah. court, one guard. You've got, uh, shit. I don't want to say James Harden. I don't want to say Trey Young. I'd go DeMar DeRozan, if I'm going to be real. Or yeah. I, lo- I, love, I love DeRozan, but I could see Harden get in. He's going to, but I don't think he should be. Uh, but I'd go DeRozan or even, I mean, in all honesty, he's been hurt, but Tyrese Halliburton's the shit. Oh, he's got to get I, in. I think he deserves it, but I, I think he's still injured as well. Um, as, and then we need two more front court players. <clears throat> you got eight round DeRozan and Halliburton. You got yeah. four. Are you, are you adding in 
You said uh, Harden as well, or no? No, 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 no. Okay, so I, I wouldn't have Harden. I mean, he, he's going to get it. Like, but this, if this, I'm, if I'm running this okay. team, uh, okay, maybe you got, you got one more forward and then two wild cards. Yeah, maybe someone like Julius Randle. Okay, I think he's okay, been playing so great. Randle is forward, and now you got two wild cards. I'd go Garland, Ooh. and. Man, I gotta think of another. You know, fuck it. I'm throwing my guy Paolo in there. Fuck it. Let's go. Rookie of the year. A rookie? <laughs> a Throw him in. A real rookie. Paolo. I mean, That's Jimmy Paolo's Butler running. probably deserves it. Maybe Kyle Kuzma oh, deserves it. Oh my gosh. No, um, <laughs> I love Kyle Kuzma in there. Me personally, like I, I would love some way somehow they get um, Kuzma in there. That would make me super happy. But that Paolo's probably gonna turn into a Harden, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> But no you doubt. don't have um, Bam. Nah, I don't think Bam's been to that level this year. O- over over guys like no, um, obviously Embiid. No, no, not over Embiid. Pascal. See, I, I mean, I think Siakam can get it. Julius Randle, man, everyone shit on him last year, and he's having a great year. So yeah, I think what it's so weird what happened to Julius because two years ago he had that All Star year, he was killer. And then I felt like maybe last year he was trying to live to that. I don't know. Like, yeah. Trying to follow that up. And it was just like, whatever happened, happened. And this year I feel he's like, like, F it. So he's yeah. back at that level. So this is going to be interesting, though. I'm going to keep, I'm, I just wrote down all the ones you had because I'm going to keep an eye on it because I'm really wondering how that's going to break down. Yeah. I don't know how the, you know, because there's a couple guys that are injured. There's, but I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, because uh, even like you say, Halliburton gets in. Let's say he gets the call. He's like, "Damn, I can't make it." Yeah, so like, all right, got to call somebody else. Exactly. Speaking of Julius Randle, um, he's not going to be involved in these, but maybe the Knicks need to make a trade. I don't know. Trade deadline's eight days away from right now. Yep. And who are some teams that you think need to make a move, or are there any players that you think need to be moved to? either unload some money or maybe to just help a team yeah. get over that hump. Let's see. Obviously we know the Lakers need to make a move. Um, <laughs> they, they should, I don't know. Make me cause maybe they're, maybe the office internally is like, these dudes suck. Like we ain't going to make it. nowhere. Yeah. But Lakers obviously should make a move. I was thinking 76ers for a while, but I actually think they should probably stay still in a ways just because I feel like they're mm-hmm. jumping. What are they at? Uh, number three, right? Yeah. Um, but players wise, I'd like to see Aaron, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Gordon from the Rockets moved. Um, Eric, oh, Gordon. Eric Gordon. Yeah. Eric, yeah. Yeah. Not Aaron. Um, Eric Gordon. I'd like to see him move somewhere. Obviously I'd, I'd take him for, for LeBron, but I feel like he's <laughs> over there. He doesn't want to be there with those young bucks. Yeah. And, uh, I feel like he's been in Houston forever. He should, he should, um, be on a team. The, um, Fred Van Fleet, I'd like to see what's going to happen in, in Toronto. You brought o, um, OG. Yeah. You know, I could see him get moved, but I'd like to see what happens with Fred Van Fleet. Because um, I feel like if their team are just going to kind of stay stagnant or get into maybe the 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 plan, I feel like he could help out a, a team. I know that they've, I've like, I've heard talks of potentially in the Clippers. I don't know where, he, where he'd be. Oh, interesting. With the Clippers, because obviously they got Reggie and John Wall, even though. John Wall doesn't play every game, but that'd be that'd be an interesting one. Um, who do you who do you think should be making trades? I mean, the Lakers for sure need to. We you know yeah, they, we, they, we they talked about that. They need to they need Whether to get a shooter or off waivers or something. I don't know what the hell they need. They for sure need to get a shooter. I I honestly think 
And I've never been a big fan of Pat Beverly, but I think they need to move him. Because at this point, what has he done to help win games? He he came in saying, hey, I was in the playoffs last year. They weren't, but yeah, nothing changed. (laughs) You know, and there's teams out there who would want him, right? And they would probably let go of a shooter. Um, The Mavericks, 1,000% need to do something. Now, there was a report yesterday that they wanted to, uh, they they were open to moving Dorian Finney-Smith if it got them a star caliber player. Now, I don't know how that works out. Yeah, you got to have to come up with a few people. You got to give to get, right? You're going to have to give some players. It's probably a pick, and I don't, I don't know what their uh, pick situation looks like, but yeah, they, uh, that doesn't make sense. Nuggets one, have, have been rumored to be down the move Bones Highland, which huh. eh, I don't know. I mean, I don't think he's a good fit for the Lakers. Bones is a a good shooter, but Bones is more of a has the ball in his hands, True. ball dominant shooter. Um, Hornets are trying to sell everybody on the team outside of uh, Ball. Bones, <laughs> so yeah, go um, Hayward. Everybody's out. Yeah, uh, but I do like you said, Fred, Fred Van Fleet's going to be interesting. The Knicks, I think, need to add something and get rid of. They have a lot of good guys on the bench that seem to fall in and out of rotation quite a bit. And I don't want to say like great players, but like Reddish, uh, Derrick Rose, you have these guys that can still play and and could take up a rotation spot on another team that needs them. And I think they could get something in return for that and make them that much better. True. I don't know what's happened with, with Reddish. Like it was same thing in Atlanta, Knicks, like, yeah, I, I I don't know. Maybe it's just him, right? Like, because you think it's two teams now. But I, I mean, I remember him from Duke, and obviously he was a freshman, and he was the third best player on that team with Zion, with R.J. Barrett. R.J. Yeah. But I still think he can find a place to play. There's been some. There was rumors, a ton of rumors uh, around the Jazz and the Hawks making a deal for John oh, yeah. Collins, um, and uh, they, you know, it says the Hawks turned it down. I guess the initial offer was uh, Beasley, Jared Al, or Jared Vanderbilt, rather for Collins and then the jazz were like, Hey, we want a first round two. fucking Danny Ainge. <laughs> That's oh. all he wants. Uh, and they were like, no, nope, we're good. So John Collins has been on the trade block for like four years now. So I'm interested to see where he ends up. The, the bucks have talked with Jay Crowder. The Suns gave permission to do that. You know, Jay Crowder is not played at all. I think he would be That's, very interesting what, on the bucks, but I don't yeah. know what they move for him other than, you know, someone like, I mean, it'd have to be like a George Hill, probably Serge Ibaka, because honestly, Serge is, Serge is close to being done, in my opinion. But I think it would be something along I those hearing, lines. I was hearing, because the rumors were like Pat Connaughton, but mm. I like him on the Bucks. Yeah, I think he's a but, solid player I mean, for him. That'd be a solid, but Jake uh, Crowder, he would play kind of that P.J. Tucker role for them when they won. Yeah. That's kind of like what he would do there. Rumors, obviously, because that's all, that's all I hear, just rumors, like everything right. on the internet or TV, but... Going back to the Mavs, I had heard that they would love to, um, depending on what happens with Chicago, uh, go on a run to get um, Levine. Yeah, I heard that as well. I just don't. What do they have? Like they don't have yeah, assets. Like that's that's exactly what I thought as well. Because I know there's been talks also Lakers getting Zach Levine, and I just start like, you know, this is this is what worries me because I start getting like really excited. I'm like, yo, Bron Zach Levine on the win. <laughs> 
a fast break, alley-oops, sneak and shoot threes at Zach Levine. But then I'm like, yeah, we're going to hit Zach Levine and he's all injured. I'm yeah. Like, Sorry, Zach. I'm That's like, one thing I've, I'm like, man, I have noticed <laughs> the amount of crazy ass trades on the trade machines on Twitter. Let me, uh, what was the one that our boy Kurt sent me? Let me read this to you and just, I want to hear your thoughts. Hold on. Where's Kurt right here. Okay. Here we go. Utah. This is the Knicks and the jazz. Okay. Utah jazz receive Evan Fournier, OB top and 2023rd first round pick. Either Dallas's or New York, whatever is less favorable. Detroit's 2024 second round pick for Malik Beasley. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a trade that was floating around t- on Twitter. And Kurt sent this to me and I said, no. And, you know, and Kurt knew that it was bullshit. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it yeah. was just funny, like, because you see wild trades. It's like, oh, yeah, this would work. And it's like, no, no, it wouldn't. <laughs> Unless Utah's like, Unless the Knicks are comfortable with giving up someone like Obi, who still has a ton of potential, a first-round pick, Evan Fournier's shitty expiring contract. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I do think the Jazz, however, though, are going to make one more move prior to the deadline. I just, I can't, I don't think, I think Danny's just itching to do it. I don't know what it is, though, but I, I, I feel like another move is coming. Going to be picks for sure. Yeah. I mean, you, uh, there's a lot of guys on this Jazz team that could could fill in greatly on a right. contender. But then on the flip side, what if the Jazz want to try to make a little run this year? Correct. But I don't think that's the goal. I don't think that's Danny's I don't think goal. that's the goal, but you're 100% <laughs> right. The Jazz, it, it, it literally looks like, and it's like misfits is obviously not the word because these all these dudes can play. But it's like, like you said, it's a bunch of like great third options on any team. Or maybe you, who knows, might, might be a second, but a bunch of like really, really good players, maybe third, fourth options, whatever it might be, or something right. to get minutes in like a championship team. Like, I think obviously I like Jordan Clarkson a lot, <laughs> bro. Yeah. Who could ball? Um, I mean, any of these guys, Vanderbilt would be very, Vanderbilt, you know, valuable. Conley, some, even Conley, probably somewhere, even just off the veteran leadership, might be good. Some I lot. think so too. Yeah, I don't know. I'm excited, man. I'm the, the I, I love trade deadline time. I hope it's similar to wrestling to me, to where I get super hyped up for these big time events, and sometimes I'm let down. But then there's those other times where I'm like, wow. Well, yeah, me too. Because Sammy just hit uh, Roman with the chair. Let's go, baby. Because <laughs> I no, you're right. Because I was just paying attention to I watch NBA today. You know. Yeah. And they and every trade deadline. They'll do like a three, four hour special. This year's a five hour special. I'm like, what God. the hell? So I'm like, I'm like, a bunch of it's gonna happen. Like, yeah, that's then, what they're anticipating, I'm sure. Yeah, and then and then all of a sudden it's just like, yeah, Danny Ainge got a couple picks for like nobody we know. I'm like, what the hell just happened? Like, <laughs> I'm I'm excited. We'll we'll see what happens. I'm excited for All Star. Obviously, happening here in the city. Um, you say you're gonna be out there, right? Saturday, I'll be at the arena damn near all day. I'm excited. What do you got going on? Are are you you just going to go watch the festivities and do like participate in stuff? Or what do you think? So, so I, I, um, I, I bought tickets to Saturday. Nice. And like, it's the whole package thing. So like three or four hours, I need to look it, look it up again. Three or four hours before the event, you just get to go to Vivint. There's like all kinds of different stuff you can do. 
They'll have an open bar. They have food for you. You get to meet some like you know nice. older player. Yeah, legends. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, then you obviously have the Saturday night, the All Star Saturday night dunk contest, all that stuff. Three point. But you don't uh, even know who's in it. Dunk year. contest, yes. Uh, I don't think they've announced any three point yet. I mean, yeah, I don't think so. Um, skills challenge. We know Mike Conley's in it, so <laughs> there's that. Um, and then afterwards, there's an after party. Now they just announced a Travis Scott party at the depot, which might be the after party. I don't know. They they haven't given us the details yet. What's that? You're gonna be out there or what? The oh, without a doubt. I did not spend this money to come back home <laughs> that night. Okay. <laughs> My wife's gonna be tired as shit, but. Nice. we're rolling you know what i mean we can we yeah. can do it one night we did it once at the kendrick lamar concert where we stayed out late and now we got nba all-star yeah, man you might as well who knows when the all-star game comes back now, yeah i mean if 30 it's 30 years, years every time i'm not, i won't be able to stay up past 10 in my 60s you know what i'm saying <laughs> 30 years from now i'm gonna see you we're at a club after yeah party. We're like, yeah it's like it. it's like uh they still have travis scott performing <laughs> he was here <laughs> 30 years ago <laughs> oh right, man all right say bye i appreciate you bro anything you want to let people know about anything you uh want to plug any what, what's going on shout out any shouties uh, <laughs> let's just plug in um peace of love man just everybody hope everybody's doing well i have a hell go. of a year um appreciate you having me on looking forward to Getting back out there and working out on the weekends, man. Uh, oh, man, I miss our Sunday workouts, too. I, this, I really do. Um, I've lost a little bit of my agility. I got to get I, – I got to – I already know I've lost a step. So a couple of those workouts is just going to be me building back up. I feel you. I, You know, I had thought – I'm like, man, we're, we're getting close to this, like, at, at minimum 40-degree weather. It was right? looking like it. And today, what is it? Eight? Sub-zero. Yeah, these are <laughs> yeah. fucking sub-zero degree weather. It's bone chilling, bro. Like, I yeah. went outside earlier, and I'm like, this is this is far too much. Like, when, and I look at my phone, it's like, yeah, six, seven degrees. I'm yeah, like, it just pisses me off. It, it really does. Like, I, I don't understand it, but uh, but hopefully, I know, I think, is it tomorrow or at, to, um, maybe Friday? It's supposed to be sunny in, like, 33, and I'm like, that's going to feel like summer. Oh. <laughs> We're it's gonna we're gonna feel like we're on in on the beach in Hawaii with that weather. Exactly. Yeah. Um. It's funny, man. We're getting older because we're talking about weather and shit, and I always do that on the exactly. podcast too. I'm like, it is cold. It's hot. It's it rainy. Cold. It's yeah. And <laughs> never be happy. Nah. <laughs> Six months from now, I'm like, ah, it's too damn hot. If, if I could get it's 78 hot. degrees every day, every day, I'd be straight. You know, Where's, but unfortunately, that? that that's like for three days here in utah and then it's either blazing hot or cold so yeah all right bro well, i appreciate you uh well you know we'll have you on a lot more now that nba uh is picking up nfl is cool. damn near done but yeah thank you very much and we'll talk to you soon appreciate it man peace peace you're sitting at work doing nothing letting your life pass by you keep procrastinating over and over maybe i'll check it out today maybe i'll check it out tomorrow don't wait do it now check out the unrestricted podcast with me Dre Rocker. I'll keep you laughing before work, after work. Hell, I'll even keep you laughing during sex. Go tune in now. I'm here to help you. You spend all day on the phone anyhow. Why don't you subscribe to a podcast that's going to help you in your future? All you got to do is pick up your phone, hit follow, unrestricted podcast with me, Dre Rocker. It's that simple. Hip hop. What's that out in the dark? Hip hop. Hip 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 hop. What's that out in the dark?
As we continue to celebrate the countdown to hip-hop's 50th birthday this year, August 11th, 2023, we are going to have our very first record shop of the year. We are going to dive into 50 Cent's Get Rich or Die Trying. It is coming up on the 20th anniversary, and if you were in college or high school in 2003, I'm certain this album had a major impact on your life and takes you back to a certain time of your life that you can specifically remember. Get Rich or Die Trying is the debut studio album from 50 Cent. Released on February 6, 2003 by Interscope Records, Dr. Dre's Aftermath Entertainment, Eminem's Shady Records, and 50 Cent's G-Unit Records, this was a smash. My first time hearing 50 Cent was on a song called How to Rob from the 1999 Into Deep movie soundtrack. Yo, 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 you know what this is, boy. For real, the art of getting robbed. This is how we do, Brooklyn style, boy. You know what I'm saying? R.I.P. B.I.G. Nigga, R.I.P. Nigga, R.I.P. We're not going to dive too far into that song because we will get back into that later in this celebration of hip-hop when we talk about the best disses and beef records. But for those who are like, who's that guy yelling? That was a gentleman by the name of the Mad Rapper, better known as Derek D. Angeletti who was a producer, essentially, and that was kind of like his alter ego. But I digress on that. For me, as a kid from Utah, after I heard that song from 50 Cent, I thought, wow, he's dissing everybody in this song. And then 50 just kind of disappeared. Again, that was 1999. 2000s, the internet was something that we had, but it wasn't something that we were on constantly. Obviously, didn't have smartphones at the time. Internet was dial-up in most households, so it was slow, kind of sucked. So I just thought, you know, 50 Cent, maybe he just had that one song and that's it. Happened a lot of times with rappers where you would hear a popular song and then they would kind of disappear. But the reason for his absence for so long, at least for me, in Utah, not hearing his music. 50 Cent was shot nine times in Queens, New York on May 24th, 2000. He survived, but the label he was signed to, Columbia Records, canceled his album and dropped him from the label. In 2002, Eminem had gotten a copy of 50 Cent's Guess Who's Back mixtape and thought, man, this guy's nice. I should probably sign him to Shady Aftermath. The crazy thing about this is the Guess Who's Back mixtape came out April 26, 2002. Later that year, Eminem would release his movie, Eight Mile, loosely based on his life as well as the 8 Mile soundtrack, which came out October 29th, 2002, and featured the first single we would hear from 50 Cent since How to Rob. Yeah. It's 50, a.k.a. Ferrari, F50. Break it down. I got a lot of living to do before I die, and I ain't got Wangsta was the second single off of the 8 Mile soundtrack and would eventually reached number 13 on the Billboard Hot 100 and number 4 on the U.S. Hot R&B and Hip Hop songs. By this time, 50 Cent's buzz is out of this world. We all knew an album was coming, but first we would get him on the remix of one of the biggest songs of 2002, 
with Missy Elliott's Work It. Me. 2002 is coming to an end and we all knew that the 50 Cent album was on its way. We had heard Get Rich or Die Trying was the name of the album. Now, I want to take you back. December 2002. I'm at the Maverick Center, which at the time was called the E-Center here in Salt Lake City, Utah. Or Maverick Center, E-Center is actually in West Valley. With my boy Chacon, yes, the Chacon from the NFL Talk on this podcast. And we were there for a show that featured Exhibit, the Clips. It was supposed to have the Diplomats. They didn't show up. And a few other acts. It was put on by Jam Entertainment. Jam Entertainment was Jamal Anderson of the Atlanta Falcons who had went to school here at the University of Utah. Anyways, we're at this show. There's a DJ who was DMX's DJ at the time, and he's talking, getting everyone hyped, playing different records. He brings up 50 Cent, and he says, everyone here knows the Wankster record. Everyone here knows the Missy Elliott remix. But 50's about to put out a song that's going to end everything. And then this came over the speakers. Go, 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 shawty. It's your birthday. We gon' party like it's your birthday. We gon' sip the card like it's your birthday. And you know we don't give a fuck. It's not your birthday. You can find me in the club. Not a full of bub. Look, mommy, I got the eggs. So get in the taking drugs. I'm in the having sex. I ain't in the making love. So come and get When me I tell you that everybody at the E Center at that moment looked at each other, bobbing their heads like, holy shit. In the Club was eventually released as a single January 7th, 2003. And again, it was a smash. Produced by Dr. Dre. Originally, it was produced for the hip-hop group D12, which Eminem, Bizarre, Kniva, uh, Proof, all of them. But they passed on the song, and 50 Cent picked it up. They passed on it because they didn't know what to do with it. 50 Cent knew what to do with that song. In the Club obviously went platinum. It was 50 Cent's first song to top the Billboard Hot 100. It was there for nine weeks, remained on the charts for 22 weeks straight. In the club, also reached number one in Denmark, Germany, Ireland, and Switzerland. And it was top five in Austria, Belgium, Finland, Greece, Norway, Sweden, the Netherlands, and the UK. This was a huge global record. Again, we're talking about hip-hop all year and its evolution. No way in hell, Fatback Band thought when they released King Tim the Third, there would be a hip-hop song. They didn't even know what hip-hop was at the moment, number one. Let's go to Sugar Hill Gang. They didn't think that there would be a hip-hop song, a hip-hop record that would go number one in Denmark. But in 2003, 50 Cent did just that. In the Club also received two Grammy nominations for the Best Male Rap Solo Performance and Best Rap Song. Okay, now let's get to February 6th, 2003. Get Rich or Die Trying's released. Before we get to the actual album, let me set the mood of what was going on at the time. These were the top five songs from Billboard's Hot 100. (laughs) 
outside of features from P. Diddy and LL Cool J, there wasn't a lot of hip-hop representation on the Billboard Hot 100 charts. The biggest artists in hip-hop at this time were Jay-Z, Eminem, Nelly, Ja Rule, and Cameron. And yes, we'll get back to Ja Rule in just a moment. I remember getting off of school and going to Starbound Records to grab the 50 Cent Get Rich or Die Trying CD. I opened up the packaging, slid the CD in, and... Some of the hardest music that I had heard in a long time and something I didn't know I needed in my life at that moment, but once I got it, I said, God damn it, this album is going to be continuously played. I wasn't the only one. A number of people went out to buy this album. 872,000 copies were sold in the first week. In the second week, an additional 822,000. By the end of 2003, 50 Cent would sell 12 million copies of Get Rich or Die Trying worldwide. But I'm jumping ahead here. At the beginning of the album, the first words you hear are G-Unit, which is 50 Cent's group, his label. The group consisted at the time of Tony Ayo, Lloyd Banks, and Young Buck, who were all featured on the album. 50 Cent put all of these guys on, though they were a group prior to 50 Cent being signed. All of those mixtapes released prior to this album had G-Unit on them, Tony Yayo, Young Buck, and Lloyd Banks. Just as 50 Cent was bringing these artists with him to new heights, he was also bringing some artists down. This may seem crazy to hear in 2023, but in 2002-2003, Ja Rule was one of the biggest artists, not only in hip-hop, but in music. 50 Cent changed all that when he came out. He had a personal vendetta against Ja Rule and Murder, Inc. Records and made sure that everyone knew that it was not cool to be a fan of Ja Rule and Murder, Inc. Track 10 off of Get Rich or Die Trying is entitled Back Down, and it is one of the best disses in hip-hop history. Again, we don't want to get too far into the dish records on this record shop because we're going to be covering the best dish records in hip-hop later in this journey celebrating hip-hop's 50th birthday. But with that said, it was a mean one. You would compare Ja Rule at the time to an artist similar to Drake now and just imagine a, a fairly unknown rapper coming up and making it uncool to listen to Drake. It's just not going to happen. 50 Cent would go on to release his second single on March 4th, 2003, featuring Nate Dogg, 21 Questions. Girl, it's easy to love me now. 
Now, it wouldn't be a proper record shop if we didn't discuss samples. 21 questions sampled Barry White's It's Only Love Doing Its Thing. I must relax you. The third single off of Get Rich or Die Trying would be P.I.M.P. Now, the remix is what would really go off, featuring Snoop Dogg and the members of G-Unit. If you're looking for this on streaming services, the actual solid, good version isn't there. You gotta go to the music video. Following PIMP would be the fourth single, If I Can't. Now, If I Can't wasn't necessarily a commercial success, but was still a really, really solid song. To be honest, there wasn't much 50 Cent couldn't do at this time. The success of this specific album, Get Rich or Die Trying, launched G-Unit Records, which put out albums by Lloyd Banks, Young Buck, Tony Yayo, The Game's First Album, The First G-Unit Album, Movie Deals, Sneaker Deals, Clothing Deals, all under the G-Unit umbrella, a video game called Bulletproof, which featured this song off of Get Rich or Die Trying. Get Rich or Die Trying was the number one selling hip-hop album in 2003, and since then in the United States it has gone nine times platinum. Crazy to think that three years prior to this album coming out, 50 Cent had been shot nine times and was fighting for his life. 50 hasn't seen the commercial success of Get Rich or Die Trying, though his second album, The Massacre, was a pretty decent project. His third album, Curtis, was okay. And then since then, it's kind of digressed, if we're all going to be real. But he's also gone on to be a pretty heavyweight producer in television, as well as a pretty damn good businessman. And to think all of that from hip-hop, from making music. If you've never heard 50 Cent's Get Rich or Die Trying album in its entirety, I would suggest you make sure you go do that. If it's been a while since you've sat with it and listened to it from front to back, I would suggest you do that as well. I had a lot of fun in doing this record shop, going back and listening to it. Some of the tracks that I hadn't listened to in quite some time. Absolutely one of my top 25-ish, around that area, albums of all time. Make sure you go check it out. Thank you so much for joining me on this record shop, celebrating the 20th anniversary of Get Rich or Die Trying, as well as Hip Hop's 50th birthday. This year, August 11th, 2023. Each week, again, we're going to have some fun topics, some fun guests, different things, just celebrating our love for hip-hop. Until then, see you next week. Peace. Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget, next week we'll have a very special Super Bowl preview episode. And here's a little secret. We're going to put it up on YouTube as well. Don't tell anybody. 
I know Chacon and Hoop are super excited for their video debut so you can all see their beautiful faces. Uh, so make sure you check in next week for that. I think I'm going to put the video up prior to the audio coming out for next week's episode. So just FYI, make sure you stay tapped in with the Will Wonder Pod on Instagram at the Will Wonder Pod, myself on Twitter at DJ Will Wonder, and we will see y'all next week. Peace. Please subscribe, write, and review. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. Peace out.